0: Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International.
1: Thanks for listening to this special episode of the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today I have the privilege of having a conversation with Danielle Newsom, the wife of Pastor Christian and mother of two incredible kids, Christian and Casey, And we will be discussing the third message in our new series entitled My Dysfunctional Family, Learning to Love Difficult People. What many people might not realize, Danielle, is that one of the most listened to podcasts in the history of the Activate podcast was actually last year's Mother's Day episode. Oh so gosh. I we are, we are really honored that you're here, and we're looking forward to seeing the thousands of people listening to, oh, the, yeah. oh, yes. to the podcast because you're here. So Danielle, this past Sunday was special because you had the opportunity to speak with your husband on a subject that is... Really important to you, really near and dear to your heart and and that is how to have spiritual influence in the lives of people closest to you. in fact, it was a mother's day episode and, or a mother's day message, but uh, it actually what you guys taught was applicable to anybody who wants to influence people spiritually. Uh, how much first of all do you enjoy speaking with your husband um on on Sundays and any opportunity you get and and Tell us why is having spiritual influence in the lives of those closest to you so important to you?
0: Yeah, well, I always consider it an honor when <laughs> Christian asks me, um, to do anything with him. But honestly, it's really intimidating for me because I would <laughs> not consider myself a speaker. I grew up singing, not talking. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I value the opportunity now because I really believe that every problem and struggle that we have in our life as ministers is an opportunity that God's given us to really be able to help someone else. Um, You know, in 2 Corinthians 1, 4, Paul kind of talks about how God comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort someone else. And so I really feel like that's an honor for us to be able to do that. And I think the biggest thing for me is that at the end of my life, I really want to know that I've left a legacy. And I feel like a legacy is a gift that you give the future generations. And for some of us, we might not be able to leave our future generations large amounts of money, but we can leave them a very rich spiritual future. So I think, um, you know, when you think about it, the entire Christian faith was entrusted to the hands of just 12 men, and now it's millions of people. So I think that's encouragement for us who just feel like, what can I really do That, wow, God could really use me to change um, the tide for a whole generation. You know, I I was thinking about this question earlier this week, and I was thinking that both of my grandparents, both sets of my grandparents were not raised Christian. And yet, by God's mercy, like both of them, um, sets of my grandparents came to know and love Jesus. And now me and my family, I'm carrying that out. So you think about just what can happen in a change in one generation, so it makes me excited for the future of, you know, my kids and grandkids and great-grandchildren.
1: And as a mom, you really feel like that first priority is to your kids first, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: they're my first ministry.
1: Right. So you stated in the message a a very significant statement that's still resonating in my heart. You said, if you're going to raise your kids who love the Lord, you will have to be willing to go against the grain of normal. Mm -hmm. In in, in essence, you're saying when when you do this, when you go against the grain of normal, you you do it at the risk of looking weird, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yes. Against culture, you, you look weird. So what are some specific areas in the life of your family that you've risked Looking weird for the sake of raising up kids who love the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, I think Christian and I decided to make a commitment to some things, but I think the key part. So for all young parents out there listening today. Um, was that we had to decide those things early because right. if you wait till your kids are teenagers or preteens, it's kind of too late. So we made some kind of non-negotiable commitments early. Um, and I think a lot of that helped because we were in youth ministry as a young married couple. So we were really getting to watch other people parent their kids and see what was working and what wasn't working. So from our perspective of working in youth ministry for over 10 years, um, watching kids who really had a heart for God, there's a few things we kind of decided on, you know, for us, like our son wasn't going to miss church every week for sports. Um, we weren't going to be legalistic. He was going to miss it on occasion on certain special times, um, but it wouldn't be repetitive in his life. You know, and I think in today's culture, that's weird because in today's culture, sports take priority and church gets whatever is left over. And now that he's older, he doesn't miss youth group very much on Wednesday night. Like I said, he'll miss it occasionally. Um, but you know, it's cool. It's not really even our rule anymore. Thank <laughs> you. Like, it's his rule. He doesn't want to miss youth group. That's he good. loves being with his guys, as he calls them. So it's cool to see how things we started instilling in him are carrying on now. Um, you know, there's some movies and TV shows we don't we choose not to watch as a family. And I'm certainly saying we're not perfect. Right. Um, but we just have decided they're not healthy for us spiritually. And just like really healthy people don't put lots of junk food in their body, um, I think we're trying to be careful about what we consume spiritually. Um, you know, Philippians 4, 8 says, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure and lovely, like think on those things. So we'll have those conversations sometimes as a family. Um, you know, I think there's some styles and trends, you know, that my daughter and I talk about and we just kind of agree, Hey, this might not be the healthiest for you if you really want to pursue God and have a heart for him. Um, and that might make her weird to other eighth grade girls, but it makes her really precious in God's sight. And so we have those conversations. Um, you know, there's some attitudes in our house that are not acceptable. I've seen a lot of parents that just let their kids run all over them. And, you know, we talk to our kids about respecting us, respecting other adults and trying to treat them with respect. Doesn't mean they do it a hundred percent of the time. Um, you know, we aren't perfect. We make mistakes. We don't always get it right, but I feel like we are always trying to redirect quickly as a family. Um, and I think it's I think the most important part of that is this why you have to stay really close to the Lord and to have the Holy Spirit really be present in your life because the Holy Spirit will let you know when you get out of bounds. So it's why as a parent, like you've got to be seeking the Lord because he'll redirect you when you feel like we've gotten off track here. Um, And I think honestly, after watching youth ministry for so many years, I think the key is that most kids really desire to be led to a higher spiritual standard. Um, not dictated to, not harassed, but like lovingly led. And unfortunately, I think what Christian and I have seen is it's usually most parents that are more concerned with their kids fitting in. Um, and I think we've just decided as a family we're going to be uh, okay with people thinking we're a little weird um, because I'm pretty sure they probably thought, thought the same thing of Jesus several thousand years ago. So I think we're choosing to follow in good footsteps.
1: I loved what you said about seeking the Lord, and I know that's really important for you personally, getting to work with you behind the scenes here at the church on on a few occasions. I know how important the Word of God is in your life. Has that always been the case, And, and, and how and when did you learn to really appreciate and love God's Word?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I've gone through seasons like um, anyone else. You know, I have a sister who has two small children and we always talk about what a struggle it is spiritually to find time to pray or to read the Bible or to even have a sane moment to yourself. So I think um, just to encourage young moms out there, like keep pursuing him. There will be a day where that will get easier and better. Um, I think I'm thankful that I was raised in a family where God's word was valued and taught. So just as an encouragement to parents and influencers out there, you know, I had to see it. I had to see the value right. of spending time with God. And I saw it that it was a living and active thing for my parents. And I think by watching that, it it gave me a desire in my heart to, you know, spend time in the word, to spend time in prayer. And I really grew up in... Um, going to youth camps and being a part of youth groups where we were really taught um, how to read our Bible. I think a lot of people don't read their Bible because they don't really know how to get anything out of it. And I think most of my key important spiritual decisions were made in youth ministry, honestly. So um, it's kind of why our kids don't miss camp for anything, um, because we know that God's going to really use that time in their life to to pour into them a passion for something. And I think, you know, as parents, if you want your kids to love God's word, I think that you have to love it. And, you know, that's the hard part. We've got to lead the way. Um, You know, I remember my dad writing to me in a card once that to be great for God, one must be much with God. Wow, and I think yeah. that just kind of stuck with me. I don't have a good memory, but I remember that you remember I have. That. I have for years yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, how would you encourage that young mom who's really pulled in all different directions with her kids, and she's desperately trying to find pockets of time um, to read God's word? What What are What are some things that you've maybe utilized in the past to take advantage of those small pockets of yeah. time?
0: Well, I think um, it's important to just – I love that verse. I think it's in Deuteronomy where it talks about like instilling a love for God as you're walking down the street. And so it's kind of like as you're going about your life. And I think when I was a younger mom, I felt a lot of pressure to – You know, I'm not like a teacher by nature to like have to set up a little classroom and like teach things. And then I kind of realized, okay, chill a little bit. Just as you're going, start doing things. So for us, um, when our kids were younger, you know, we tried to make it fun. We always read before bedtime. So we got a picture Bible for them. Um, or now they've got a really cool action Bible. That's a great way to read the Bible with your kids. There's some great Bible cartoons out there. Like, believe it or not, your kids are watching way too much YouTube and TV, anyways. Why not let it be biblical? Um, As they got a little older, we would have little fun summer challenges where um, I can't remember, but I'd heard a statistic once that, like, the vast majority of Americans don't know the Ten Commandments. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, like could I list all the Ten Commandments? So one summer with the kids, we had a little challenge to memorize the Ten Commandments and they had to kind of present it. But we made it like a game. So it was fun with little awards and stuff. Um, You know, and as they get older now, they both have white verses in their room. So we'll have scripture verses on their on their whiteboards. I said white verses, didn't I? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> As they get older, they have whiteboards in yeah. their room. Yeah, so we put scriptures up on there. And you know, now that they're getting into that teenage age, um it's actually really fun because it's great to have spiritual conversations with them and see what God's doing in their life. Sometime on vacation, we'll say, "Hey, we're going to do our devotions together this morning," like individually, and then we're all going to come together and everyone's going to get to share what God taught them this morning. That's clever. Yeah, my kids love to do that. They love that they get to teach us like, oh, we're going to get to teach Pastor Christian this right. morning. Yeah, <laughs> they love it. So it's really neat to see how they're getting stuff out of the word and to see how it applies to them.
1: And you're starting to see that same passion in your heart for God's word in the lives of your kids as well.
0: Yeah, I hope so. And I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely not perfect, um, but I think we're just trying to make it a part of our everyday life. When you have a struggle, hey, I read this the other day, or my kids, you know, they're heading into finals time, they're worried, I try to text them every once in a while, hey, I'm praying for you this morning, send them a verse, you know, just find the little ways that you can use God's Word to make a difference in their life.
1: Danielle, you stated in your message on Sunday that as parents, we need to learn to pray with our children. You you believe that this is the most important thing we can do with and for our kids. Uh, Many parents today may struggle in their own personal prayer life. How, How can they begin to develop a prayer life with their own kids if they are have a struggle in their own personal prayer life
0: well i think you know for me prayer is another thing that was modeled for me and taught to me again um growing up at youth events um and it's really funny because i have my high school prayer journal at home (laughs) so i love to go read the posts in it you know like things i was praying for because i would write them in all out and then cross them out when god answered the prayer so they're hilarious now right um but it's cool to see that God actually started at a young age in my life, like showing me that he was listening to me. And, um, you know, but I also realized that not everybody grew up that way. You know, we have a lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast today that maybe never prayed with a parent or anyone growing up. And I think the thing that encourages um, me the most is that really you can start exactly where you are because you can learn to pray. And I've tried to become a student of prayer through the years, really out of desperation. Like, to be honest, having such going through really hard times in life makes you desperate for God and it makes you a really good prayer really quickly. (laughs) Um, But I've tried to just kind of become a student of prayer. I'm always looking for great resources. Um, Sometimes I feel like I don't have the words to say at different times in my life. So I look for prayers that I can read. When I just don't know what to say and I'm just that broken. Um, You know, as a young married lady, I read The Power of a Praying Wife um, and it changed my marriage. So I just feel like through the years I saw God do incredible things and I saw prayers answered early on and it inspired me to keep praying. Um, some of my favorite tools just right now that I love using, Mark Batterson has fantastic books on prayer, um, the circle maker, but he has a book I would encourage any parent to go get. It's called praying circles around your children. It's incredible. Like literally, um, it has inspired me so much and, um, I'm reading his like 40 days of prayer one right now. They're just short, like little devotionals for every day and it's really challenging me, um, in my prayer life. There's another one that I really like. You can find on Amazon called Praying with Confidence, I believe. Um, It's fantastic. You pray through different verses of scripture, different things, um, different topics. Um, But now I think just in relation to my kids, you know, I'll periodically just go into their room at night. You know, we don't have a bedtime routine as teenagers. Like, honestly, that was the thing that was hardest for me in making the transition. I miss that, like just connecting every night. Um, but now I'll just go in their room periodically and I'll just say, Hey, you know, how's it going? And like, what do you have that's on your heart that I could pray for you about tonight? And then I'll just kind of put my hand on them and just pray over them. And I think it's like one of the greatest gifts you can give someone to pray for them. Um, you know, we've tried to teach this value to our leaders here at the church in the last few years, um, this value of soul care. And we've told people instead of saying, which is like a Christian thing to do, right? Oh, I'll pray for you, man. And then you leave, just stop right there and pray for someone. I can't tell you how many times I've just thrown my arm around someone here at the church and prayed over them, and tears is like the instant response because it's such an incredible gift that you can give someone. Um, you know, I think. For younger parents, just starting young with little bedtime prayers with your kids. And then as you get older, having some prayer goals together, like our kids that are teenagers now are having more challenging things going on in their life. Um, my kids have different friends they've prayed for that they knew, didn't know Jesus that they've seen come to camps or youth events and, and become followers of Jesus. And so, um, you know, now texting them prayers and, um, having people we're praying for together. And then probably lastly, I think Christian and I have tried to make things that are big spiritual goals of ours. Like, for example, um, when we were going through our, this building campaign to build the building we're sitting in today for our church, our first building project, um, we could have made that a personal spiritual moment, but we decided to make it a family spiritual moment. So we would just, hey, let's all get in our living room and let's just get on our knees together. And you know, for some people that might be awkward at first, but it's okay. Because I guarantee you when you get up from your knees together, they might not always be like, oh, thank you, mom and dad. That was amazing. But deep down, you can see God starts to do something in their hearts.
1: Yeah. So I have a whole lot of room to grow in this area with my family. I wish I could say I've nailed that. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, I've always told people, and you said something interesting. You said the word awkward. It, mm-hmm. That first time you sit down to pray with your kids or to pray with your wife or to pray out loud, it's awkward. Yeah. Sure. And I always tell people, fight the awkward. Totally. Fight the awkward because that's what's preventing power in your life, yep. um, encouragement in your life. So fight that awkward. Well, if
0: you think of every first date you ever went on. Right. They're all a little awkward, right? Uh, a little bit. What helps those dates get more comfortable? It's as you get to know each other. And getting to know God through prayer is the same way. It starts a little awkward, you're kind of watching what you're saying, but then as you get more comfortable, you like develop the heart of David, who like in some of his prayers and songs to God, he's like, oh God, kill that person, oh, yeah. and yeah. deliver me, and why do you hate me? I mean, he has such honesty with God, such freedom, but it's because God, he's close to God.
1: Well, final question today uh, for you, and maybe it's a challenge. Can you take a moment and speak to the parents, or even grandparents that are listening right now, that may be thinking, it's too late to spiritually influence my kids. It's too late to spiritually influence my grandkids. They are so far from God right now. Can, can you give them some hope for today?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, I think if you're listening to this podcast and you're having a feeling like I've messed up, um, like, congratulations, welcome to parenting. Yes, Because like I said, I mean, Christian and I are not perfect. Um, We are redirecting all the time. And I think if you feel like you've messed up or made a mistake or you haven't done enough, I feel like that's just called being a parent Mm -hmm. or being a small group leader Mm -hmm. or being a friend. Um, So hopefully that will encourage people. Um, You know, Christian and I always joke about, we're like, what will our kids be in counseling one day about because of what (laughs) we're doing to them today? Um, <laughs>
1: great. I've never thought of that question. You're welcome well, for all, all appreciate you Appreciate that. Out there, one, you're welcome. You. You. <laughs>
0: um, you know, there's always ways that we can do better, but I love that it's never too late to start having influence in people's lives. I really believe that. I think people have an amazing capacity for forgiveness, um, especially when someone's actions start to match their words. So, I would say if you feel like maybe you've messed up, you know, um, my kids love when we apologize to them. I got to be honest. I think it's some of the greatest spiritual moments that they have in their life to see, um, somebody you respect and admire, have the humility to just ask for forgiveness. Um, and I think, you know, we can forgive a lot when we realize how much Jesus has forgiven us. Christian's been talking about that his last couple of messages. Um, so if you've messed up, you know, you can apologize. Um, or you can just start living it out. You know, I feel like encouragement is a lost art in our culture today. I'm watching my kids and their friends on social media. It seems like every time someone posts something great they did, the first thing that happens is 12 comments to knock you back down. Um, so encouragement's a lost art. And I feel like if you feel like you've, you know, messed up, you could just start by just starting to encourage people. Um, just start to fill their buckets. One of my favorite books, honestly, every parent of teenagers to get is um, how to really love your teen by Ross Campbell. And he said that our primary job as parents is to fill the emotional tanks of our kids as teenagers. Um, And, you know, I think that honestly, if you think about yourself, like that still applies to me today. Like I would love for someone to continue to fill my emotional tank. Like, I feel like my parents and my grandparents can still make that contribution in my life now, you know? Um, so I think you can just start, just start, you know?
1: Well, Danielle, thanks so much for spending time with us today and thanks for sharing your heart. It's been a great podcast. And again, I anticipate thousands of people <laughs> listening again to this podcast. And I want to thank you for listening today. It it is our hope that our conversation has been an encouragement to you and, and has challenged you in some way. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate podcast where we challenge you to build a faith that is active.
0: Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.